Hello and welcome to LedgerCast. I did that wrong, but that's okay. I'm Brian here with Josh. Also, hey, Josh. Mr. Brian, it is officially 2023. It's 2023. It's January 6th. A day of infamy. Day to look down in infamy. <laughs> Actually, I was looking at my uh, phone earlier today, and Apple gives you these reminders of your like past photos, and there was the capital insurgency thing as a article top article and the photo above it was my wife in front of the white house and i was like did they do this on purpose <laughs> uh but anyway ai are not smart smartphones and notifications no no such thing as coincidences no such thing um that's not the point of this podcast we're not going to make any political statements to my knowledge today According to the 12th vote by the way Oh, speaking, we are going to make some political statements. That's all I have to say. That's all. <laughs> I just like, that's crazy. Yeah. You'd think there'd be a revolt by now of just saying like, all right, dude, you had your shot. I just think uh, they just, they just keep doing this for the next two years and until the I next guess. round of uh, elections. Um, right. That'd be know. great. I've been so gloriously uh, ignorant of politics um, that I I didn't even know what was going on until people were just laughing at how many votes there'd been about it. Um, crypto markets still exist in 2023. Um, the year ended in a, a whimper, a limp, limp. We limped. <laughs> we limped into the new year for, with, with crypto. Um, nothing, nothing new in terms of being down more or anything, but. That old uh, yearly candle was a little rough, I guess. Um, historically, Josh, you and I spend time around around now uh, doing some prediction type stuff, talking a little bit about year in review. Um, I think everybody kind of knows what happened in review, but we can skip and, and talk a, a bit about what we expect from a price action perspective and then we'll talk about some potential narratives on the year what do you think yeah i mean how much worse can it get right that's the thing how much more correlated i can feel like that's most people's, how much worse can it get that's most people's tagline for 2023 which seems ominous to me <laughs> it's like how much worse can it get well let us show i mean what like honestly like regulations sure bring it like what else uh, Fed raising rates, they, they're not going to go much above five. Uh, what else? Like DCG blowing up, maybe. What is uh, what OB is the, or like... Binance blowing up? I don't know. Like what? What could? What could? What? What's worse that already happened? Right? <laughs> like statistically speaking, how many more businesses can blow up that haven't blown up already? Yeah. Well, certainly a lot have blown up. Um, they're still kind of kicked off the year with with. Some, I don't know if it's news, but news of sorts uh with dcg drama continuing genesis dcg uh gbtc and ethe drama um fighting between barry and the winkle v over gemini urn seems like the big shoe to drop for 2023 would certainly be dcg related there's also a lot of rumors about hedge funds or a, one particular large hedge fund potentially uh liquidating being investigated um so probably gonna see more contagion as an outcome but i don't know that that'll translate 
super directly to like price action. That'll be that'll be what we want to see in that. Um, Contagion like outflows. I mean, I feel like who right like, who's, like is who's it something going to cause? Is something going to cause new sell off? I don't know if it's. I don't know if he'll do that. Right, but I'm thinking like who's left who hasn't gotten out that will be getting out. Like I don't know. Like if you're still here after after 2022, like us and most people listening, like you ain't going nowhere. You know. <laughs> like, yeah, I think what's well, going to happen. I think uh, positional long-term hedge funds could get uh, still provide some selling pressure. So like long only spot funds that are trying to provide crypto exposure if they get enough redemptions or something like that and they have sure to that's yeah that's going to keep happening i think throughout q1 um yeah. any any hedge fund redemptions uh i'll you know i'd imagine any like altcoin low cap type stuff still being liquidated or in the process of being liquidated if that's the desire you know for that specific yeah. fund should, should we go ahead and ask like do you have any interest in anything outside of bitcoin and ethereum as in price wise or like 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 just long term hold wise like d- d- something oh, that like, you want. like a specific trade yeah you had the ethbtc chart up there i really like what i'm focused on like in the next couple of weeks is this adam and eve possibility on um btc and eth you know if btc can get above 18 if eth can get above 14 if those things can happen i like that trade for q1 um but ultimately it's all about like the second half of the year, it's all about rates getting a ceiling. Finally, mm-hmm. you know, some forward guidance on bringing rates down. The rate, the pace of rates is the key there, in my opinion. Yeah, because like we're just, you know, we're just PVP trading, waiting until risk comes back before like anything really can happen. I mean, let's let's be real here. Yeah, until you get serious momentum you talk about like multiples on on your underlying but if you talk about where's the bottom how should i get in when should i get in chris bernisk has been pretty good on this and both at the top and um what he's calling potentially the bottom um he's licking his chops i don't know if you've paid attention to his tweets on all this i haven't um enlighten me well he was very cautious not at the end of the bull market, but as, you know, as the as twenty twenty one was really getting overextended, um, he was doing a pretty good job of just kind of ca- providing cautionary tales of you know euphoria and whatnot. Um, and then he started buying maybe below twenty five k, twenty k, but he's been really really licking his chops lately, talking about how he thinks that. We're seeing price and news diverge. So when you have news that's bad and price is not being affected or legacy markets were getting hit a bit at the end of the year and crypto was doing nothing. And you know, it's just a worthy follow, I think, for keeping keeping an eye on on someone who was bearish relative for the most part at the right time and has been bullish recently to keep an eye on that. Um well, think about and sentiment. Think about sentiment even. Like, it's so bad. My amongst... sentiment is bad. I'm not like hungry to be in the market. <laughs> what not, about not you? Even, like, not even listeners, not personally like your sentiment, but like external sentiment that you're seeing like in the crypto. Like, I don't know if it's ever been, ever been this bad. Um, mm. You know, 
maybe I maybe I'm just like got insane recency bias, but yeah, I think it's been this bad before. I think I was, there. Were I was looking at you know what I was looking at this week. I was looking at the 2014 like post Gox media, and it, it's almost like you could you could have played it today and it would have been the same same stuff. Like people were saying the same things. Like this stuff's going to double digits. This stuff's for drug dealers and criminals. Uh, it needs to be regulated. Like the same stuff exactly almost word for word like you'd have no idea you just replace yeah. like mount gox with ftx or whatever and that happened in 2014 and 2015 it happened in 20 uh 2019 it happened it's happening now um right i'm not saying the recovery is gonna be the same or the drawdown is gonna be the same i'm just saying right. like the sentiment is very similar i have uh, been impressed with that where people are basically just like oh crypto is dead at the same time Within the crypto ecosystem, there's this expectation that the next cycle will exist and it'll be just as glorious as the last. <laughs> you know, um, that part I'm a little skeptical about. Like, for instance, I think we could go back to um, all time highs and then have another bear market. Like, and I don't think a lot of people give that any credit. You know, what could you? Well, I think we could double and people would still be bearish. Like, we could go from 15 to 30 on BTC and people. Oh, wouldn't yeah. even think about it, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm just thinking, even if we if we talk about the next cycle, would it be possible for the 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 next cycle to be really not get above the levels of the previous cycle? And I think that's actually possible. So I think of this old Nasdaq chart. So the 2000. Are you um, talking about price or market cap, or does it not matter? Uh, Let's go with let's just go with price for majors. Okay. So the 2000 bubble, the Nasdaq went big. Um, this is QQQ, so it was just starting. But then, if you just picture this as NDX, I'll go to NDX. Um, huge bubble in in 2000, and then for the financial crisis, 2007 2008, it wasn't even back to previous all time highs. But this was another. Like there was a whole cycle in this under where while it, the NASDAQ was just unimpressive. And then there was another session and then it didn't hit all time highs until 2015, 2016. Um, so it took 15 years to recover that. Now crypto moves faster than regular cycles, but the point I'm trying to bring up is I think you could have a market cycle where the top does not even represent the old top um and in like, our kind of like 2019 right where we had that like crazy cycle that like plus token scam yeah that's right here 14k yeah people don't think of that as if it was a market cycle but it really was in a, a mini one but um bitcoin went all the way back to 14k before settling dying and and then <laughs> Mooning. What a crazy chart. It is a crazy chart. Like the COVID dip is that's just like a massacre <laughs> to both sides, right? Like well, the, to think like we we lived through 2018 and that like crazy fast drawdown, and then we had like the same or not exceedingly ma uh, greater magnitude drawdown like quicker during COVID, and then we like did what we did post COVID. I don't know. The whole thing is just kind of insane. So yeah, like I've 
like yeah like we said we could we get 2x and people would be like oh, whatever you know i'll take 2x yeah. all day well so this could be a bear this could be a bear market bounce sure for sure what i'm saying is we could have a a, a mini a mini bull market that like never goes beyond this you know you get to like 40k and then <laughs> they do it again. Like well, that's people... why I think 30 is going to have a lot of resistance. Uh, 30, 35, whatever that is. Some would say 33 um, because of <laughs> the uh, <laughs> where that level like held for so long. Yeah. You know, at 33. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We, we're even working on a, a weekly falling wedge mm. that, that's almost done. Somebody made a good point a few minutes ago, though. They said uh, BCO, I think, in the chat. Crypto has never been this big, so the fallout negative sentiment has never been this big. That's true, too. You know, something else we also have to keep in mind is the, the market cap size. That drawdown has been dramatic, you know. But at the same time, Amazon has lost a trillion dollars. So, <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't feel bad at all. Like, Amazon lost a trillion dollars, you know. Uh, what are we? We're nothing compared to that. Yeah. Yep. No, I don't disagree. I mean, market caps just got so high when, especially like total market cap, as more tokens exist, they all go to the moon. Um, Bitcoin was being rehypothecated the whole time. So even if Bitcoin didn't go to these enormous highs, the ecosystem as a whole, a ton of... Um, Vapor wealth was created, and only a few took it out, which we've seen as everyone's gone broke. Right. Um, that's why maximalism exists. It is. No, that's, that's it, right there. You know, you can make, you can have your fun with your unregistered securities and make money and do whatever, but at the end of the day, that is not what people should be holding through multiple cycles. I mean, that's just based. That on said, the price. one, the one unregistered security. According to some, <laughs> your words, your words, <laughs> according to some, um, that looks like it's still got a lot of, lot of uh, air in the balloon is ETH and ETH BTC, which is, uh, we, we've talked for years, years at this point about this pattern or this level, uh, this 0 0.075, 0 0.08, and the potential for a move to 0.1 and 0.14. Um, this thing just keeps getting more intense, more more compression at the ceiling. I mean, ETH on a relative basis continues to look fantastic. What do you think about this trade in 2023? Yeah, I don't think anything's changed. I think it looks even better against other altcoins. Like, uh, yeah. how how is ETH not going to outperform any other layer one, any other DeFi product? Like, I yeah, unless something's so small that it just has tremendous upside because it, it can do multiples before it is visible um but for the most part i agree like eth eth is probably the most attractive thing to hold in the ecosystem based on tr the trade setup i'd agree based on the fundamentals and potential regulatory issues that people are mentioning um yeah i yeah i think ETH, ETH could see some interesting regulatory things headed its way specifically like to weaken the DeFi ecosystem um by causing you know can we see aml requirements or something right um Mm-hmm. But based on the issuance, the emissions, whatever, however you want to think about that for ETH, it shouldn't not do well. You know, this is the whole part of the pump of mentals is uh let's lock up your ETH, let's 
bring emissions to zero effectively or negative and then uh, see what happens. Uh, ETH is much closer to its 200 week moving average. I had drawn that falling wedge on this. I, I added it to Bitcoin per your comment, but I had drawn a really broad one on this. But there's a lot of confluence around 1300, 1350. Um, I wonder if there's some cloud confluence there as well. But there is. So. At least on the daily, there is. Um, yeah. Weekly, Tinkin, daily cloud entry type stuff. Um, See, I'm looking at that um, since like November, that Adam and Eve type. You could even yeah. say like ascending triangle. Now that that's since June, but I'm talking about like. Oh, just past, from here. Yeah. Um, you could say ascending triangle. You could say Adam and Eve. You could say the, a bigger like triangle since June, July. None of it is screaming bullish yet, but if we can get above 14, I like, <laughs> I think, you know yeah. where I'm going on a, any cloud. I want to hit that intersection. Well, I think that would be a fair, like ETH, uh, BTC 33K equivalent would be ETH around 2,500. Hmm. I would that like that. Uh, I just don't know the problem with the, the whole ETH narrative and the, disinflation or whatever is like what what activity in the ETH ecosystem would people be interested in participating in if ETH just has the best out, trade, you know? Yeah, yeah. The, well, this is the deflationary argument, which we've talked about a bunch, right? The are like the, the people who don't like uh, deflation or disinflation or gold or, you know, the pro-inflationists of the world they talk about how it reduces economic productivity because people don't have to put their money to work. They just hoard it. And in ETH's circumstance, the desire to hoard ETH rather than utilize it and spend it and build something in the ecosystem with it, when the value accrual is not on the apps, it is on the network. Not on, not on utility, but... Uh, on hodling. On interest, basically. <laughs> yeah, it can create... It can create a weird dynamic where there's a a bad incentive alignment for using the network and therefore weakens the network because it's disincentivized to be used, which I would actually argue Bitcoin has been struggling from this in a delayed fashion, but been struggling from this for the same, relatively the same reasons. The HODL mentality was like, is like, well, why would you build on Bitcoin? Why would you do anything with your Bitcoin? Why would you burn your Bitcoin to spend it in some capacity, just hold it. That's all you need to do is just hold it. Yeah, I think um, the multi-cycle people like myself are happy to spend because of appreciation, whatever. Even regardless of like tax implications, not that I wouldn't pay taxes because I do, but I'm just saying like that's also a big concern for a lot of people. We're um, just trying to use it as a utility. It's like the the thought of calculating taxes for some lightning transaction, you know, oh, not yeah. something anybody wants to do. So that actually helps the HODL people because they're like, yeah, like why bother? Why bother spending this if we have to calculate taxes on every single transaction? We don't have a de minimis for anything, right? Um, yeah. So that doesn't where, help us either for the utility side of things. Whereas my, my opinion would be for strength, Bitcoin needs to be fast enough to utilize and store. Sure. In my opinion, it is fast enough to use, uh, specifically with lightning. I mean, that's crazy with, fast. 
with with lightning it is but lightning's not used enough to matter yeah i think in the united states it's not but it's seeing growth in emerging markets let's say frontier markets relative um, to people who transact on ethereum it's not used very much sure but look at the utility on ethereum is it for uh you know buying groceries or is it to yolo on some jpeg yeah so, listen buying jpeg buying jpegs is not just, that there's anything wrong with that but buying, just, like, let's let's be honest here right buying jpegs is is just the first lap of spending utility F future laps you buy all the other things right like apples and yeah meat or soy length whatever you eat heads like to eat i don't know <laughs> I think you're, I think buying your your basic necessities of life is like one of the last things you buy as money becomes its most useful. I think the the next stage would be like luxury goods or token gated things or you know like uh, things yeah. that have some extra level of barrier. But for people them. whose identity is like digital assets, like me, right? Like I want to live in that world. I want to transact in that world. I don't want anything to do with banks. I don't want anything to do with fiat. I just want to do my thing. Yeah. You know, so you're using... saying you could you could you could unbank yourself and uh, and live on Ethereum. Whatever whatever it is, like I want to be able to do that, but I can't. Right. I'm still tethered to this this tax implication. I'm tethered to no one being able to accept digital assets because they think it's difficult or it's cumbersome or whatever. Right. I think these problems are going to be solved. I hope so it should be easy it should be just no-brainer right i want to give you money in any form you take it end of story but we're not there yet yeah we'll get there we'll get but there. i agree we need that utility and in, in, in eth and bitcoin whatever it is to actually like go anywhere we can't right. just be speculating on this forever and expect anything to happen yeah uh, i saw a tweet thread before christmas i think where somebody was t essentially trying to think about what are the what are the technologies that were the most hyped and then delivered the least in history and um they they were proposing crypto as being pretty high on the list so far and for me i think vr is one where it's had that similar type of thing where so hyped about how much vr is going to change everything and then it's like well when <laughs> you know are people going to walk around in their oculus goggles um no yeah but i can VR see here's what i can see like walking around in your or like being at home in your in your goggles and having like a robot ai walk around for you and like having some sort of connection visually to that uh mm. that's like lifetimes away probably but um, i think i think ar has the potential to be really big yeah we've talked about ar a lot i love ar ar is great yeah uh, it's just like your glasses could have a screen on them <laughs> uh you can get context for your real world in front of your eyeballs or or whatever else i think that stuff could work really well but full-on virtual reality i don't really understand i'd love to see ar for live sporting events uh, probably exists in some form already, but mm -hmm. um, and but those things seem very very possible. You're at a live sporting event, and then you get the glory of the broadcast at the right. same time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, a broadcast is so much better than a live event from a 
seeing the action up close. I wasn't going to say that, but I was I was thinking that because a lot of people are like, oh, no, I love going to the game. It's like, oh, you don't, I, no, but I want to like, I want to be able to, like, do this and watch the replay of what yeah. I just saw in real life. And I want the zoomed in angle. Yeah. Um, yeah. They are. Um, the coin wise, like, what is there to be anything to be excited about other than ETHPTC? I keep seeing this Gox stuff come up over and over again. I, maybe I'm just desensitized to it. I just don't even care. Like, it's 160,000 coins. It's in the grand scheme of things, it's nothing. It's is that how many does Sailor own? About the same amount, right? He owns, let me pull up BTC treasuries and take a look. Um, he owns, yeah, so he owns 132,000. Yeah, so if Gox and Sailor both got liquidated, that'd be one of the greatest distribution of uh coins of all time. It might be bearish, but it would also be a great distribution, a decentralization of uh coin holdings. Well, block one of EOS fam. EOS. Still potentially owns 164,000 BTC. All right. Um, the biggest one is Grayscale. They own 635,000. Ooh, that's a lot. Right. That's a lot of Bitcoin. I didn't realize it was that much of a black hole. It is a massive, massive, like that's orders of magnitude bigger than Gox. Wait. So 640 I, over 21 million. Take it. Uh, and then take out lost coins. Yeah, it's, it's probably going on five percent of the total supply. They have it at three percent, but yeah, I could see it as big as Once five you... based on lost coins. Yeah, right. Not That's great. Pretty incredible. So to see that get liquidated entirely would be more problematic than Gox, for sure. Yeah. Are you surprised that Doge is in a penny yet? I am. No, because people, I mean, look at that bonk garbage that got uh, listed on Solana or whatever, Mango. I don't, I don't even follow that stuff anymore, but I don't know. Uh, you could be, you're probably mining Doge at a huge gain right now, still. I need I to see if I got pulls... the bonk airdrop. I haven't checked. Oh, it was an airdrop. I don't even know. I can pull yeah. up the, uh, the Doge mining. Uh, profitability, but my guess is you're still making a ton of money mining Doge because hmm. it's still at what is that seven cents? Uh, yes, seven point two cents. But as far as like what other liquidations, all of the the funds for the most part already were liquidated like months ago right like that was part of the rehypothecation so i'd be much more concerned about alts like i said in the open than the majors because like ftx had no btc <laughs> right <laughs> so like you know that's good news as far as i'm concerned um now i don't know if they're going to distribute all these assets to people from celsius and from voyager or whoever else who's liquidating in cash or in kind, my guess is cash. So we may see some more pressures downward. But yeah, my my comfort level is much higher in Bitcoin and ETH, and that's where my exposure is. I actually, in disclosure, I own pretty much ETH, 
and you own ten percent of ETH. Ten oh. percent <laughs> of ETH, and I own GBTC. That GBTC is my only Bitcoin exposure, so I'm yoloing that trade. Um, but nevertheless, uh, the Dixie, the old dollar, huge up day yesterday, huge down day today, down over one percent today. The weekly candle is a total junk with um it's right back to the longer term support around 103 if it loses this i think we could go all the way down to like 100 um if we do that crypto and stocks and whatever else should respond quite well are you bullish or bearish the dixie in 2023 well that's the billion dollar question a trillion probably what will it take for all these macro people to get bearish on the DXY? Because you listen to you listen to every single person. I've only heard one who's actually said like I, I'm bearish on DXY. Um, the macro people. Now they're super bullish oil. They're super bullish DXY, which that's been the trade. Like I get it. I understand. It makes sense. Um, but isn't the, the components the components of the DXY, those countries are raising rates or should be raising more than we will be raising, right? So wouldn't there be DXY weakness? I'm I am bearish Dixie. As am I. And I'm bullish commodities, which I would include uh I would actually include gold and oil and Bitcoin and ETH. I think I think rates could still go up, but I think that we're gonna normalize, find a find a sweet spot for rates. The market is not saying rates have to be low; they have to be zero. The market, I think, has been saying we can't do anything because the rates are changing so fast. And if we've pushed into a mild recession of some sort, it gives them the ability to take their foot off the gas for rate increases, or to set a schedule for rate increases. In which case, I think if if Europe and other uh, Dixie-affected currencies are playing catch-up still, then to your point, should be bearish for the DXY. Yeah, I think I think the top is in for the DXY for 2023. In the chat, Y, Y, Y X is what I'll call you. Also bearish because of petrol, petrol, yuan, petrol, dollar. There's a bunch of uh, world currency issues with oil mm-hmm. where talking about paying for uh, oil in uh, renminbi and whatever, like uh, alternative currencies, gold-backed currencies, things like that, essentially getting Russia, China, and other world powers that are not our friendliest neighbors um, denominating for oil and other currencies, which they're saying could be bearish for the dollar. That's beyond my pay grade, but also out there as an argument. That's kind of like us losing the uh, global reserve currency status. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not like a a switch that you flip. It's just, you go from super dominance to less dominant to less dominant to oopsies. We're not dominant. Yeah. I'm reading, uh, I'm reading but trend wise, like 
trend-wise, the thing looks like an Eiffel Tower, the DXY. It looks like uh, it's going to be headed through the weekly cloud throughout 2020. All the way back to 90? That's full crypto market cycle right well, there. That's, yeah, I mean, we've talked about that we many times. a lot. Uh, if we can get sub 100, that's a win. If we can go from 100 to 90, we are... If we can go to 100 to 90 during the Bitcoin halving, like... We're we're hitting 100k easy, in my opinion, on BTC. So that would be, you know, it's, the vertical line is very very close from a spacing perspective to previous market beginnings as well. Did you just Gan fan me? <laughs> uh, not intentionally. Any any Gan fan enjoyers in chat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that what they're based on? No, it's just some random uh, indicator that uses like time. I think anyway. Uh, no, I'm just using these vertical lines for when pre like I'm using past market cycles and just putting right. them on this chart for when they really started, when they kicked mm -hmm. off, um, or when bottoms were set, things like that. And yeah, it would it would line up. We've talked about it a lot, even though the past couple months, while the Dixie's been getting pummeled, um, crypto it wasn't always easy for crypto, but you could look at it as roughly a bottom. Well, what's interesting is that Dixie decline whatever that is 20 percent. i don't know um, and we didn't do anything we didn't do anything right so there's if anything there's some pent-up like bullish divergence to play out on the crypto side of things relative to the i've been stock. looking at this as probably some kind of chopsville but what you just said was more like straight eiffel tower yeah i mean it's i don't know if we're gonna get the lumber in 2023 <laughs> all the way down but i would love to see just the slow grind lower like it doesn't need to be fast at all like we're we still got what 200 days to having something like that um it's got to be more than it's got to be closer to 400 but it there's no rush here we're fine yeah. like let the regulations happen let people do their outflows and their redemptions and let people sour on crypto like they have every cycle let people say that retail's not going to come back and main street wall street's Never gonna come gonna come back, right? And then every cycle they'll be here, like clockwork, like they always have been. When it starts outperforming the indices, and they're like, "Oh, what is this thing? Interesting." My bonus is based on how much I can outperform the index. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll check out this crypto stuff. Yeah, they had some regulations. Gary Gensler uh, came in and cleaned up the street. <laughs> would you bet on gold here based on this chart? I agree that it's more bullish than it has been but like i don't see anything specifically other than like some crazy multi-year cup and handle uh I, I don't know there's no there's like no pattern there there's nothing right oh i think it's pretty patterny what is since 2020 what is that pattern i don't know about that but like, like some megaphone thing descending I think this is pretty much a perfect cup and handle this reminds me of what the... does Bulkowski Bulkowski? What does Bulkowski say about multi-year cup and handles? Problem is, it was a perfect, <laughs> it was a perfect, perfect cup and handle in April twenty twenty. Perfect in April twenty twenty two, and it got clobbered. Um, yeah, but it's just a longer handle now, Josh. Well, last um, year we heard from the macro people that central banks have never bought this much gold yet. Gold went down whatever percentage that is every week, like the most it's ever gone down in that amount of weeks ever, you know? Well, uh, this chart so, reminds like, me. Who's buying here or is it just like correcting to where it should have been? I don't know. My old perfect cup and handle chart was 
the uh, USD relative to the Turkish lira before the Turkish lira had hyperinflation. Now you cannot see it on the chart because it was <laughs> so long ago because of that hyperinflation. Um, what does that measure with, with FIBS? Where does that measure? Uh, From the, the peak to the nadir. Mm -hmm. Where are they? I haven't done this in a long time. So this is so you know you're a bear market. You can't even find a favorite placement. <laughs> <laughs> uh the just going one for one would put it at like twenty seven, twenty eight hundred. Okay. What here's another question. Previously the narrative was Bitcoin was getting a lot of the gold money because it was outperforming gold. If the gold starts outperforming Bitcoin. Does that narrative of like flows take over? I think Bitcoin would catch up and bypass gold significantly. You would hope. And I wouldn't think that people would be, you know, dropping BTC for gold. Yeah. But I'm just saying I don't mind this chart and it gives me positivity for crypto more than I say, okay, well, I'm going to take this opportunity to buy gold. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll take the reflexive trade on gold to crypto, well, even if like, I don't. It's just inverse DXY, right? Pretty much. So yeah. If in anything, rates. In if rates, anything, again, like the crypto needs to catch up and it just hasn't, right? Because of FTX, arguably if FTX never happened, if it didn't explode when it did, we would be doing much better right. on the crypto side of things. But that's like obvious. Um, another thing I was looking at this week was all of the ETH protocol upgrades historically between like 70 and 80 days have seen like pretty decent price appreciation. Um, this, you know, recent hard fork since September has not seen that at all. Uh, obviously, FTX blew up in the middle of that. But if you average out all of the, um, the price performances of all the hard forks that like actually did something, then uh, you'd expect like a plus 50% performance post hard fork. So, well, maybe it won't happen or maybe ETH just has some catching up to do, you know? I think let's, if we go back to sentiment a bit, everyone I know in real life is just looking at the economy like, oh, there's a recession coming. And I'm like, we're in it, man. We're in it. It's almost over if everyone thinks it. Like the mild asset, I mean, not mild, meme stocks, all the things retail was in, full bear market, clobbered, zero. Uh, bankruptcies, failings, nine, minus 99% SPACs. All the pain was there. It's just the real income producing assets are not as punished because they are actual good inflation hedges. But this inflationary recession, stagflation um, type of thing, I think it's. I think we've priced in quite a lot, and I think 2023 is going to be a year of chop, where people are expecting a lot of downside. I think people are going to try to bias themselves for downside, and get a, and we're going to get a lot of chop. I don't know if you saw that uh, your darling BBBY filing for bankruptcy. Party City also filing for bankruptcy. Oh, dude, I was wondering about that with Party City because my my <laughs> greatest shock with BBBY was 
the fact that Party City outlived it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, they're, but they're dying together. What so. a chart. Oof. Uh, what a chart. Yeah, for people in the chat, I... BBY, to interrupt you, is the greatest example of a descending broadening wedge from 2018 to 2020 that I've ever seen. Yes. Uh, it is a textbook. I, and I traded these swings. I might, I might say for myself, gloriously, <laughs> like some of my best trades of my legacy asset trading life were just yoloing the crap out of that wedge, and I caught several of those bounces and did very well with BBBY. Um, when it became a meme stock, I stopped. Um, yeah, and it's just gotten super punished. They had a huge cash reserve. They had like a billion dollars in cash, and their market cap was like eight hundred million. That's why. That's why I liked it back in the day. Yeah, but they burned all of it. Uh, So that's what happens. R.I.P. Down bad, as the kids say. (laughs) You're gonna see some uh, mall and strip mall real estate go for sale in this liquidation of their bankruptcy. Yeah, back in my hometown, one of the biggest like mall areas, old school like eighties, nineties mall, is being turned into a um, like residential area, which I think is a great idea, like for housing. It's, it's been a really common trend in real estate is turning in uh, malls, indoor malls, uh, strip centers, different things than in places where they're just not working anymore. Yeah, into condos retail stuff like that or condos and uh residential yeah that makes sense (laughs) yeah it's anything else we're any predictions uh how 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 deflationary do you think east goes this year i personally think i i think people are still adding to east uh validators so there's still that supply soak element regardless of like a zero issuance, you know? Yeah, I think in a market turn, the supply shock will hit ETH in a very big way because you'll see more activity to burn more even though it's burning it right now. Like the supply shock already exists, but there's less attention in the market. And I think it's going to... I'm so bullish ETH, I can't even... I can't even express it. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to get completely freaking wrecked. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't wait to watch that clip in a couple of months when it's like at 500 or less. <laughs> yeah. I'm, to be fair, I'm, bu- I'm more bullish ETH BTC than I am against the dollar because I don't have great pre- predictions. Like I said, I think 2023 might be a lot of chop. But I think ETH BTC has a lot of potential still. Yeah, the window for ETH BTC is pre-Bitcoin having pre-Shanghai. Yeah. Even though Shanghai may not be super bearish on balance like i think against eptc you're gonna see that play out yep 0.14 i think we'll do just enough to attempt the flipping of bitcoin and you know like we've talked about this where the the meth heads are gonna like say they won they've conquered the world and then like just it's over fall back down yeah Yeah. point point 0.14 and then 0.04 (laughs) <laughs> yeah they're gonna have that like would be day. actually really funny they're gonna have a day or two to like you know rest on their laurels and celebrate and think they won and then uh yeah here's what i'll say josh if the it headlines, goes headlines could you imagine the headlines if eth goes to 0.14 
I'll sell almost every ETH I've got. I'll only keep enough for like transacting purposes. But I'll okay. sell it everything I got from an investment perspective. But it's like buying early internet. Why would you sell your ETH? That's a good point. Maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to commit. But yeah, I, I want I, I want long term capital gains this time though. So I'm a, I'm an ETH accumulator right now. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, that chart looks good. You can't be bearish on that chart. You just can't be. Looks very good. Uh, maybe you could argue diamond top. Maybe. But yeah. I, I still think that chart looks very good. All right. Bitcoin. I asked uh, Cred this on Monday. Bitcoin, low point and high point of the year, and which one comes first? Low point or high point of the year? I think low point comes first. I still think the high point is somewhere around 30. I think the low point might be 12 to 15, but it won't be more than a couple days. I think that's, I think we wick there. If we get there, I don't think we like stay there. Ours are very similar. I think the yearly range could be the low as in if we don't have massive GBTC type issues. But if we get a liquidation event, I, I think 12 is the number. And I think 24, 25, the 200 week tap from the underside is the high of the year. I'm not, I'm not as bullish on the upside. All right. Well, if you fib out that, I should probably do this. Fib what? If we fib out the falling wedge, we get the 33K. So I, look, I, I don't make this stuff up, okay? It's just a number that has been memed into the tomes of history. Um, if you take the falling wedge from the 25K uh, top. Just from here. Here. Yeah, there. From there to the current low, that's around 33. Yeah. Okay. That's my, that's my, if, I, if we can finish the year around 30, I think that's more than we would be happy with that for sure. Yeah, I think reclaiming the 200 week in 2023 would be an amazing feat. I think if, uh, I think if Bitcoin is 25K or more, then you could have a nice 2024. I think ETH would be over 3K in that environment at least. We just need the narrative to turn around a little bit, you know? That's all. We need some more people in handcuffs. We need some, you know, some perp locks, whatever it takes to get people. Just not our friends. <laughs> to get. <laughs> To get people back on our side a little bit here, you know? That's yep. all. All right. We'll leave it there. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. It has been a pleasure. We'll catch you next time. Be sure to like and subscribe and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Bye-bye. Monuments crumble In the blink of an eye The easy river just run dry in a house of cards. I feel the breeze wound so tight, I can barely breathe. Oh.